Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Welcome to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, becoming obedient unto death, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we can have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life. And a new purpose here on planet earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. Amen. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and how to treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. He's the example. Each part of his body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it? So it doesn't disturb tonight's service. And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, thank you for this opportunity tonight, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord. And place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as we all humble ourselves and put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for giving us the down payment of the Holy Spirit, Lord, guaranteeing that heaven is our home for all who believe in you, Lord. And thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to convict us, to teach us, and lead us to all truth through your word, Lord, so we don't get tripped up by this devil, how he always comes as an angel of light, Lord. But your word is true and your spirit protects us, Lord, and thank you for that. Thank you for getting us all here safely, Lord. Thank you for all our health, Lord, and every breath in our lungs belongs to you, Lord, and comes from you. Let us always honor and build each other up, Lord. Never tear each other down, Lord, as we put into practice all we learn from you, Lord, so people can see that we belong to you and not the flesh anymore, Lord. Thank you for giving us that born-again spirit, Lord, and the freedom to make the right choices. And as always, Lord, let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit, and not my flesh, and it's in Jesus' precious name that I pray. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to come up and sing a song, and we are going to get started.
Amen. What a beautiful song. He has done great things, and he will do more great things for us. Amen? Yeah. All who put their faith in the one and only God. How's everybody doing tonight, all right? Before I get started, I want to see a smile from everybody. Come on. Come on, smile. I won't start until we do. We all should be joyful in the Lord tonight. Amen? Amen. He's our king. He saved us. Heaven is our home guaranteed. Amen? No matter what's going on in this world, he can't take our spirit from us. Amen? Amen. The devil can't do it. It's just great to see everybody. I'm glad I'm here. I'm really glad I'm here because it's getting hotter and hotter out there. And even in the church, it's getting hotter as compromise sets into the church. And the Bible said it was going to happen. And the Bible said clearly the judgment is going to start in God's house. So he's going to clean out this. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. Amen? When truth is being proclaimed, somebody who doesn't want to follow the truth will even leave or they, their heart is in the wrong condition. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to chase after a lie. It's easier to live a lie. All right, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken over, so I please ask that you be attentive to that. And um, don't cause any distractions that cause the Spirit to get out of somebody because it's very easy to get distracted in church. Amen? The message is going to be important. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Mary's got up on the board there. We're going to start there tonight. Throw a shout-out to our Facebook live feed. And we're grateful our uh, brother Larry's doing much better too, so keep him in prayer. It's good to see that he's doing good. That's awesome. They'll be watching online tonight, so I always say hi to him. Yeah. Hi, Larry. <laughs> hi, Larry. We missed you. I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you. All right, she's got us in verse 14, but we're going to have to back up a little bit because there's an unbelievable context to the scripture. And I don't want us to miss it, because it ties right into this spiritual warfare. And we're going to go in verse 10. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. Verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Amen? So we understand God disciplines us for our own good. He does it for our own good, and you can, two things can happen because of it. You can get bitter and, grow, um, get, and, and regress, go back into the world, or get better and grow spiritually. Amen? It's designed to change us fundamentally and and it's we need to change we have to recognize i need to change nothing around me is going to change the only thing i control is what's going to change inside of my heart amen if we can stay focused on that everywhere we go is a lesson to be learned and god has us in every circumstance because he said he goes ahead of us amen so it says so once we understand this in verse 12 it says so take a new grip with your tired hands, and strengthen your weak knees, because we get weary in this discipline and this walk. Mark out a straight path for your feet, so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. So it's up to us to the stronger in the faith to stay strong when we're getting disciplined, so we don't discourage the weaker believers for them to walk away. Amen? It's important how we live. 
Now it tells us a call to listen to God. Now here's, here's verse 14. This is important. Work at living in peace with everyone. It's something we have to work at. It says it right here, right? Work at it. Work at living in peace with everyone. Everyone. And work at living a holy life or a separated life. For those who are not holy or separated will not see the Lord. Now, what does that mean? If you're living down here your own way, okay? It's trying to tell us if you're not living God's way and living a separated life and being obedient to Him, you're not going to see the Lord's hand at work in your life. That's what He's trying to tell us. Because when you're living in a sinful condition, you can't see the Lord in anything. Can I get an amen for that? So if you want to see the Lord and experience the mighty resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you have to listen to what He says, obey His voice, and follow Him. Amen? There's conditions attached to that. He doesn't, you can't hear his voice when you're living for the devil. You hear the devil's voice, it's too loud. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. So we have to understand, it tells us we'll not see the Lord. Now, look at says verse 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. See it? Grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. There can be somebody in church with a bitter heart. What it does, it causes corruption in the whole church. When somebody's bitter or mad at God or whatever, they come into church with a bitter, resentful attitude and a closed mind. And what does that do? It affects the whole church. Amen? That's what it says. Look after each other. Said so No one fails to receive the grace of God. So it's important to us to come to church in the right heart so others can see Jesus. Amen? So even people that are new can see the glory and the joy in the Lord. Right? Just imagine you come in here, you've been walking with the Lord for many years. You're all bitter and resentful and downcast. Somebody new comes in and sees that and says, what good is this? What kind of joy and freedom is in this? What kind of an example am I setting for the church? For the ministry, by coming in here all miserable and bitter and lemon-faced. Supposed to what? Leave that at the door and be an example of the power of God working through you, amen? It's very important. It says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. One bad fruit, that's what it says. Right, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. One bad spirit comes in and it makes everybody else downcast and miserable, Amen? Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright, birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. He said, what good's my birthright? What's good is me believing in Jesus Christ right now when I'm not getting things done my way down here? What good is it? I'm going to sell out. I'm going to sell out to the devil so I can fulfill what to gratify my flesh because this isn't working for me. You get it? It's the same idea. Look what it says. It says, traded his birthright. Remember, he traded his birthright for something to eat. He said, what good is, what good is my, what my birthright with God when I'm starving? The flesh took over the spirit. Again, right? The Bible in the Old Testament warns us not to practice and fall into the same things they did, or we're going to reap the same benefit from that, which is not good. Now look what it says. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though we begged with bitter tears. 
Now, does there come a time in a believer's heart if they're living so far away from God that the repentance is too far away? Yes, the Bible says there's a point of no return. Well, you'll go out there, you won't repent, and you'll die in your sins, the Bible says. It's a clear indication, even though we begged with bitter tears, it was too late for repentance. So we have to understand, when we start going wayward, to be careful and get back in line. So God can come and correct us and get us back in line, or else you're not going to feel his corrective hand anymore, and he's going to let you fall away, and you're going to be a spiritual casualty. Nobody fears that, but it can happen, and it does. Amen. I see it all the time. People leave church. They have problems with people. They never go back to church again, and they go back into the world worse than before. That's why we have to stay disciplined and rooted in the Word of God and practice what He preached, what we preach to here. It's very important, amen? amen. Now I got a scripture for us, and it ties right in with this. Amen. So everybody with me so far? This is good, right? I'm glad I'm here. I really am. The words of God are powerful, amen. And this church is all about God's word, not what we feel or think, amen. God's word is the power unto salvation. All right, let's go to Philippians four. God wrote this on my heart to share with you, and I, I started reading this. Oh, i got to go back, go to the forward. Oh, there's a lot here. Let me get it through. Echo. That's all right. It's coming from the front. Coming from the back, you're going to get it. <laughs> all I'm at, look, if you're here and you're bitter and you have a hard heart, the devil has a hold of you. Please release that and, and, and free yourself from that so you can get the message to listen what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight. It's not what I'm trying to say. It's what the Spirit is trying to say. Amen? So you have to have an open mind and you know, get bitter. Now look at verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Removal and replacement. Don't worry, pray. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. What's living in Christ Jesus? Living by the principles of the Bible. Can I get an amen for that? Living in Christ Jesus is being obedient to what he's teaching you. It says, don't worry, pray. Do you do that? Do you, when you start to start to worry, do you stop and pray? That's what spiritual growth is all about. Say, I am not going to worry. I'm going to remember what the scriptures say, and I'm going to pray instead. If you don't, re if you don't replace it with something, the worry and the fear will not go away. He'll just capitalize off it and destroy your faith life. There has to be a replacement with something good. Now, look what it says in verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. So what is true? The words of God. And honorable and right and pure. So what's he saying? Get off the TV and all the news feeds. 
Don't look at that stuff. Focus on what is true and true. That's all a deception from the devil. It's all propaganda and it's all lies. Can I get an amen for that? And you got Christians listening to news feeds and CNN and all these things and saying, oh boy, Lord, I'm worried. Instead of saying, I need to be in God's word. Shut that TV off. Shut the TV off. Forget about the worldly wisdom. It's useless against the kingdom of darkness. And that's what people do. They start getting fed into that and they start believing the lie. It says to fix our thoughts. You see it? We have to fix them on what is true. If we fix our thoughts on what is true, which is the word of God, and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, verse 9, here's the big one. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Listen, there's a formula there. Did you see the formula? Do you want the God of peace with you out there? Well, here's what it says you have to do. Put into practice what you're learning and stop playing church and religion to showing up in church and doing your things. Amen? Religion will not work for you. You have to put into practice what is being preached to you and what the, what the Spirit is trying to say to you tonight. Amen? You're supposed to take that with you and apply it. Amen? That's how we get the God of peace with us. Now look at verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you were concerned about me. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Look what he said, the Apostle Paul. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned. Did you hear what he said? He said, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. That is not something that we have in us. We have to learn to be content. If you know it as well as I do, we're never content. We always want, want, want more, more, more. Even with God. Even when he's with, oh God, I want you to work faster. I want more revelation. I want, I want to get this faster. Instead of just basking under the feet of Jesus and letting him teach you slowly and mold you and shape you into somebody special. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay. I'm going to go back to verse 11. We're in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 13. We are going into verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. We know our flesh is never content. Can I get any men for that? We always want, want, want more, more, more. I know how to live on almost nothing. Or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Hey, you want to know the secret of living in every situation? I want to learn the secret of living in every situation. I'm going to tell you right now. This is the truth of God's word. If you want to learn the secret of living in every situation, I have learned, every, whether it is with a full stomach 
or empty with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, everybody says, well, who's Christ? How's Christ going to give me strength? Now, you've been coming to this church for a while. Who's Christ to give you strength? It's the words of God that gives you strength. It's not some deity floating around around the air. The, the, word, the, the strength is through the words of God. The word of God has all the power we need for living the way God wants us to live. Amen? So if you don't pick it up and read it and learn it, how are you ever going to have the God of peace with you? You never will. You'll have the God of this world with you. And you know who he is, right? Who's controlling this world system according to the Bible? Satan is. Bless you. Who gives me strength. Okay, everybody get that was awesome, right? Yeah. Two awesome scriptures right there. Powerful. And it's tied right into our spiritual warfare. Alright, we're going to continue tonight on our spiritual warfare. Like I said, we're not going to get off this subject of spiritual warfare till we get it. And we're getting it. We're getting it, aren't we? We're getting it. We're starting to see more of the under, what lies underneath what's going on out there. There's a spirit at work behind all the scenes. And we're learning how to what? See it for what it is. And we're not fighting like this anymore. We're fighting what? You pray in the, in the principles of the Bible. All right? So let me just re elaborate on a little bit. And we'll get into some of the things we need to use and some of the weapons, okay? All right. We're in a battle in this world, a spiritual warfare battle. You may not see it. We may forget it's there. But the enemy would love nothing more than to fill our minds with discouragement and defeat. If you're a mature believer who is living like salt and light in a dark world, you won't go for long without encountering spiritual warfare through obstacles and attacks he will hurl in your direction. Can I get an amen for that? If you're just sitting on the sidelines doing your old thing and you're getting attacked, you're only getting attacked because of your own misery and your own bad choices, amen? But if you're living for the kingdom of light and serving God wholeheartedly and you come into attack, you know the devil is not happy with you, amen? There's two different principles, right? There's a, there's, there's a principle of you just making a mess of your life and the devil don't even have to be involved with that. It's but when you're living in salt and light and you're trying to advance his kingdom and live a godly life, you are going to come under attack, my brothers and sisters. And we're here to prepare you for that, amen? Don't get deceived by going to a church saying, name it, claim it, it's all yours. Come and get it, it's yours. You get rich when you come to church. No, you get rich in your heart, in your spirit. When you are educated with truth, you can't buy what we're teaching here. You can't pay for it, you can't buy it. It's a gift from God, amen? For all whose heart is in the right condition to receive it. Amen? But the God of this world, which is Satan, blinds the minds of unbelievers that don't believe in the Lord Jesus. They can't see what we see. Amen? So they just go following the devil by default and don't even realize it. Amen? He's the great deceiver out there. And he comes as an angel of light. Amen? So if you're not well versed in the Bible, and we are here, we read through the Bible here, we understand his attacks and his ways, so we know who's operating. Because the devil can twist the scriptures with a lot of truth, with one little deception, and make you think you can live whatever way you want, and you're just going hell bound for sure, amen? And he can throw you right off course. 
Amen? If you're not rooted and grounded in what? Part of a church body connected to the vine. Amen? That's teaching truth. God gives specific instructions in His Word, okay? He gives us all we need to stand strong in this life and have victory over the battlefields of our mind, heart, and soul. Right? Three things. Heart, mind, and soul, right? we got three things to contend with. Satan, the world, and our flesh. Okay? You have to understand those three operating together are a powerful entity in the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Our flesh is against God. Amen? We're born into sin from the seed of Adam, from the fall. We, we want to be a God unto ourselves. Don't tell me what to do. I already know. And we've got to contend with that even as we become believers. Amen? And we still think we know more than God. And we can figure them out. We're going to figure out the guy that created all this, the stars, the moon, the planets, how all this is held together perfectly. We're going to be able to figure that guy out. I don't think so. But I'll tell you one thing that is true. He has you figured out, and he has me figured out completely. How does he know? Because he's the one who made me. So he has the remedy for my condition. Amen? He has the remedy. Okay? There is no worldly remedy for this spiritual condition that we're in. The only remedy is what? First, you have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Until you do that, you can't get the Holy Spirit. You cannot have God without Jesus, and you can't have God as the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You can't have God without Jesus Christ. Amen? So first we have to accept Him for the Holy Spirit to enter into us. There's no way around that. And if you want to believe in God without believing in Jesus, you have the wrong God. You have the God of this world. And He's going to try to make a deception out of it and saying, I'm just as strong as God is. I am God. Okay? Okay. Yet all too often we race through our busy day, ill-equipped, unprepared, or simply not aware of what we're up against. Or who the real enemy even is, right? We go after what? People, places, and things as our enemy. When the devil uses people, places, and things for us to attack, so we ruin our testimony for God instead of don't worry about anything and pray about everything. No, we try to handle everything. The forces of darkness don't wait for us to be ready, okay, for their attacks. They're ruthless, determined, and cunning. The devil could not care less if we feel prepared or prayed up for our day. In fact, that he prefers that we're not, amen? He'd rather prefer that you're saying, oh, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. Listen, the words of God never fail. It's, not, it's working for you. You're not working. That's the problem. All right, so now we're gonna, we went through some of the principles of the attacks, extreme onslaught of trouble. We know we have them all the time. Attacks of physical danger, illness, life-threatening loss, the second one, the third one, increased temptation and learn towards sin or wrong choices when the devil's attacking us, or feelings of overwhelming despair, darkness and fear. We get that a lot, right? We get depressed and oppressed, even as we're following the Lord, and it just gets heavy. Everybody relate to that? We get in a pit, even while we're serving Him. We don't serve God 
because to get anything out of it. We serve God because it's the right thing to do. Not, be, not, to, not to gain anything from it. So believers come in with an expectation. It don't get met. Oh, I come to God and things are worse than they were before. I'm going back in the world. It's easier. Get it? Because they expect something. He saved you from the pit of hell. That's all you ever need. All right, another one. Now we want to talk about God's battle plan for us when we're facing spiritual warfare. Let's get on the right side of things now. We have power. Don't you think for one minute, if you believe in Jesus Christ, and the resurrection power is in each and every one of us. The Bible tells us the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in every one of us. Can I get an amen for that? And that power is not a, fe a feeling. We don't feel that power. It's a fact we have the power. Amen? We have to learn how to tap into it and use it, though. And that's what we're here to do. Teach you how to use it. Alright, God arms us with the sword, alright, the word of God, to stand against the enemy's lies. He equips us with strength, wisdom, and discernment through his own spirit to stay strong in the battle. He invites us to spend time in his presence through prayer and worship, church, pressing in to know him more. As we grow to know God's truth through the word more and more, understanding what is real, we also grow to know more what is false. Get it? If I can, I, I can talk, my wife was mentioning to me, she was reading something that didn't line up with the Bible. She says, this doesn't line up. There's something wrong with what you're saying here. She picked it out right away. But if you don't read the Bible and know the Bible, oh, that sounds good. Oh, wow. She picked it out right away, and I was so pleased with that because she learned the word again. She knows the good and the evil. The only way you're going to know that is through reading the word of God. Amen? So you don't get tripped up. She picked it off in a minute. I'm saying, wow, this is awesome. It's working. It's working. Also, we grow more to know its faults. We're able to quickly discern when something's not right. We're stronger to stand against it in the powerful name of Jesus. He never leaves us to fend for ourselves in a dark world, but reminds us he is constantly with us, fighting for us, even when we cannot see it. Can I get an amen for that? This is spiritual warfare. We can't see it. You know it as well as I do. When that thought comes into your head, you can't deflect it. You don't know where it came from. You know it came from somewhere, but you can't. It came right in. It was a vulgar, illicit. It wasn't a godly thought. And it could have been happening right when you were praying. Can I get an amen for this? Yeah. So that's how we know there's something out there that we can't see. The reality of it, it comes into our thought process. And if we romance it long enough, we end up what? Fulfilling it. That's when we have to know the discernment. No, it's not of God. He didn't give me that kind of spirit. See, it's not. Uh, uh, fear is a spirit. Doubt is a spirit. Envy is a spirit. Jealousy is a spirit. Can you see, this is what it is. People don't know what spirits are. That's a spirit of jealousy. He did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind or self-control. Amen? He's given that to us. You have it. You possess it. Now we just need to learn how to use it. Because we have something called this flesh that's been 
taught the world's principles for a long time, and this is how we fight everything. We fight everything by worldly principles, and they don't work in the spiritual life. Can I get an amen for that? So we have to say, now that I'm a child of God and I'm born again, I have to learn these new principles of warfare. We fight not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil powers in the unseen world. Amen? They're evil powers that work behind people. Right away we get mad at people, places and things, but really it's what's behind it that's controlling it. Two forces in the world, good and evil. One of them's going to control you. You could either get controlled by the Holy Spirit once you accept Jesus, learn his word and use that, or you could be controlled by the other spirit, which is the spirit of darkness, which is the spirit of the world. Either one, one of them is going to control you. And if you're not reading the Bible, you're not connected to a body, you're not in church, by default, you're following the wrong spirits. Now, is that something to get mad over? No, it's something we pray for the people to get their eyes opened, to see what's behind what they're doing. That selfish spirit of always going to take care of myself and putting things in front of God all the time. It's a spirit of selfishness. I got to take care of number one. No, number one is right here. He's number one. He's the one who created you. He's the one that controls everything in you. You think that you're self-made. He's the one who made you. And every good thing that goes on in your life came from him, whether you recognize it or not. Amen? And when you do recognize it, guess what? When you give him glory, he gives us more. But when you don't recognize it, the Bible says that's the only reward you'll ever get. Because you're taking glory for yourself. So you get no more revelations and blessings. And the devil just loves an idle Christian or a bitter Christian. Loves a bitter Christian that just sits in church all miserable and doesn't get the word of God and just complains and gripes all the time. The devil likes that because ain't nobody coming to his church. They don't want nothing to do with that. Can I get any amen for that? All right, the first one. We get the gift of the Holy Spirit. The most powerful entity in the, in the world. God fills us with strength, wisdom, and discernment through his own spirit to stay strong in the battle. He never leaves us to fend for ourselves and fight in our own strength. We need his fresh filling every day. We need the empowerment that only he can offer. Now, what is fresh filling every day? The word of God, that's right. The word of God is our fresh filling every day. And there's nothing more that the devil wants as a believer to think, I don't need to keep reading the word of God, I already read it. No. The more you grow, the more water you need. Okay? The more mature you come as a believer, the more the word you need. Very simple. The devil has it opposite. Has believers thinking in a spiritual pride sense where I know it all already. I, I can't be taught anything else. I'm unteachable. I, I arrived. I know it. I got and closed-minded, and guess what? They're hell-bound. Because let me tell you something. God seals you with a spirit. He doesn't seal us with a closed-minded spirit. He, clo he, he opens our minds. The only thing that the, the Holy Spirit does is open our mind to receive the truth. Amen? Once you close your mind, it's not the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of deception. But I'm coming to church, and I'm worshiping. No, you're still being deceived. Because you're closed-minded, following your principles instead of God's. And then what? You end up as a spiritual casualty. Coming to church, not getting any joy, just mundane, never finding their gift, and just, just existing. Amen? Useless for the, for the Word of God, for the kingdom of God. 
That's not this church. This church wants to have a part in this warfare. And we're going to fight back and we're going to what? Gain souls. We want other people to say, wow, how did you get like that? Come to church. I'll show you how. How'd you get that understanding? Well, I go to a church that teaches me the understanding. The words of God. That's all we have to go learn in church. God's word. We don't need anything else but the word. Amen? That's what fills us. Every true believer, every true believer has God's spirit dwelling within them. The same power that raised Lazarus from the dead. Part of the sea broke open prison doors and caused the lame to walk. Is the same powerful spirit still alive at work within us today? That same power. Don't you think for one minute it got weaker? No, it got stronger. You just don't use it. You don't understand the power you possess. Because why? You listen to the wrong voice. Now, let me fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Then I can't hear God's voice because I'm fulfilling the wrong voice. You with me so far? Yeah. Go to Acts chapter 1. I'm studying the spiritual warfare and it's like, wow, there's so much. And we're going to get this. We are going to get it. And I'm going to preach it and teach it as a way we can understand it and use it. Amen? Very simple. The Bible says clearly in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let everybody get there. I hear the pages flipping. Good thing. Bibles are open. That means hearts are open. That's what it means. Bibles are closed. Hearts are closed. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When does the Holy Spirit come upon you? When you believe in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's when you receive the power. Now, and it says, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the, all the ends of the earth. Listen, he puts the Holy Spirit in us so we can get to others, not for us to get blessed and have everything in our life. Do you see what he said? When the Holy Spirit comes upon me, you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria. He's saying, once the Holy Spirit comes inside you, you will now become my servant. That's what it's saying. A Holy Spirit that really is a believer, you become a servant of God. There's no other way it can happen. It comes in and it seals you, you will become a servant. If you don't become a servant, you never got sealed and the Holy Spirit is not in you. Because that's what it says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in work, in Dunkin' Donuts. And you're on. if you can't tell them everywhere, you act like that everywhere. Can I get an amen for that? Don't tell me. The Holy Spirit will be evident in your life. Once you're sealed, you're sealed. Can I get an amen for that? He will draw you back to Him when you go wayward. But you'll always come back. All right, go to Romans 8. 
There's a lot to disbelieve in. You know that, right? Even the devil believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What did did, did, um, John the Baptist tell the Pharisees when they came? He says, through the snakes, who warned you about the coming judgment? Prove by the way you lived that you repented of your sins and turned to God. That's what he said. Don't just say, I believe in Jesus. Prove that, that you've repented by the way you live, that you've turned to God and got born again. Can I get an amen for that? That's the proof. The evidence of salvation is a changed life. Can I get an amen for that? All right. Let's get real here. If the Spirit of God's in you and not in you, you won't, your life won't change. But one good thing about it, you always have the opportunity to get it. All you have to do is really believe it. God knows if you really believe it or if you don't. You can sit here and make me think that you believe it. I don't know. Only God knows. He knows if you really believe it or not. You can sit in church your whole life and not be a believer. You know that, right? And you want evidence for yourself that you're a believer? Your life will change. If it hasn't changed, well, you never believed it. That's a fact. Don't fool yourself by coming to church and playing religion. All right, look at verse 26. In the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, verse 26. Everybody there? Good. So am I. Everybody hearing me okay here on what I'm saying here? This isn't me talking. This is God. His word is speaking to us right now. I want you to ask yourself, do I really believe it? Is my life changing? Is there something happening to me? Do I really want the things of God in my life? Or am I just playing church, coming to church? Am I really changing? Is things really happening? He's saying examine yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check if you really are a believer. Am I really a believer? Am I really going in the right direction? Do I really want to follow God? You know what people do? They check everybody else instead of themselves. Let me look at my own heart to see if I'm a believer. Just because, oh, I didn't see them at church. They mustn't be a believer. No, there's people in church that are not believers. The the Bible says the wheat and the weeds grow together. You can deceive yourself, the Bible says. The human heart's wicked and deceitful. Who can really know it? So I need evidence that I'm saved. I need my own evidence that I've found Jesus. And what's the evidence? Things are different for me. I now want the things of God over myself. Do I have a fight with my flesh? Yes, every day. But I don't want that anymore. I want this. There's a difference. I don't want that life anymore. I want the new life. The old life's always going to fight with it. I understand that. But there's something different. I desire this life. I like it better. I don't want all this in heaven too. I'm not a deceiver. I'm a believer. A deceiver wants to stay here and says, I believe in Jesus. I can do whatever I want. Heaven is my home. Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) Don't you ever think for one minute you can do whatever you want. Jesus did not go to that cross for you to keep sinning. Don't you listen to churches that teach that nonsense about God's grace. God's grace is the ability to come up out of your sin nature and start this new life with him. That's what it means. It doesn't mean anything different. Read your Bible. Don't listen to what people preach about it to scratch your itchy ears so you can live sinful. He doesn't want sinful people in church. He wants sinless people, and you have to believe in Jesus. This Christians, oh, I love that message. Yeah, amen. You're saved. Don't worry. You're going to heaven. They, the prophets, 450 prophets, 
telling people in, in Israel, don't worry, live the way you want. You're, you're, you're children of Abraham. You're good. That one prophet comes in and says, judgment's coming. Repent of your sins and turn to God or you're hell-bound. Kill him. Kill that preacher that's teaching truth. We want the deception. And they all fell for it, right? The whole nation of Israel. And there's believers today, Christians, that don't heed the warning from the Old Testament. That listens to false teachings. To scratch their itchy ears to live whatever way they want, and not have an impact on the kingdom of darkness. The devil loves that. You're going to fill up coliseums with people like that. Yeah, what's up? What are we doing later? Let's party. And God says, no, no, party's over. Party's over. You serve me now, which is way more satisfying than that party. Okay? Way more satisfying than all that stuff that you've been reaching for. You just have to get to the right side of it. You have to get crucified a little bit. It's going to hurt for a little while. But once you get on this side, you're going to thank God you did. But it's going to cause some pain to get us here. Sorry. Because we're not just, oh, I believe in Jesus. Here I am. Saved. I'm going to heaven. All I do is live for Jesus now. We wish it was that easy. Did I illustrate that all right? I believe in Jesus. Boom! Here I am. Look at me. I'm a deity. Everything I do and say is godly. What Bible are you reading? And then you got this side of the fence. My life's miserable. I can't believe God's doing that to me. I don't believe. Is he really? Did he really live 500 years? Was he really in the belly of a fish? I don't think so. It couldn't be. I know. The guy that made the stars and the sun burn without oxygen can't do that, right? Forever and ever and ever. And keep this whole world together. Can't make someone live longer. I know. He can't do that. The guy who created all this can't do that. No way. Can he work on my little condition and make me a better person when he holds this whole world together? You realize you have that kind of power within you? Christians just don't know how to use it. Or they don't believe it, either one. If you don't believe it, then you'll stay over there. You have to believe in this power and actually apply it to your lives. All right, look at verse 26. Getting a little excited. This ain't this wasn't rehearsed, by the way. It's the spirit right here. <laughs> I thank God for the spirit. I'm th- I'm thank God He hasn't given me worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom is useless in the spiritual walk. Useless, absolutely zilch. Paul said, "I counted all as dung, garbage, compared to knowing Jesus," which is the words of God. Amen. Useless going to school, learning all these things, theology, all that stuff. Useless compared to knowing Jesus working in my life. Amen. Amen. He says, Your knowledge is going to trip you up. You ain't going to find me through human wisdom. Nonsense. Look at Romans 8. He says, You're going to become like a little kid again. You know what the problem is? We're too proud to admit that. I got to become like this little baby again. And let God teach me from, from day one all over again. All the other stuff I learned was a lie. Verse 26. If you notice, I don't really care what anybody thinks. I care what God thinks. 
and I care about his people, to tell you true enough, because I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not, love is not some warm, fuzzy feeling. Love is truth. Preach uh, uh, with love. Amen? Because I love you. I want you to get the truth so you know your own salvation for your own souls. Paul was telling Timothy to check his own life, to make sure he really was called. Look at verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank you, Jesus. For, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. You ever get into a position where I just don't even know what to pray for? Guess what? God knows your heart. It says it right here. Look what he says. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And then people take that out of context. Well, you've got to speak in another language then. You're going to groan. What a joke. God is not an author of confusion. If you speak in a language you don't know, somebody better be here to tell you what it is or else they're telling from the devil. I'll tell you right now. Even the Bible said it. And they were speaking an unknown language. They were unlearned. They were known languages. Not known. Not learned by them. The Hebrews were speaking Aramaic. They never got taught Aramaic. But it was a known language. It wasn't gibberish. People are stuck in that craziness. Because, you know, that confuses believers. Well, I don't speak in that language. Maybe I'm not saved. No, this is the language we speak right here. What's in this book? God's words, simple and understandable. Just imagine, it's hard to understand this. Imagine me understanding. I'm going to come to you. Oh! Amen, brother! Nonsense! People bite on it. Yeah, wow, they must really have it. Yeah, you know what you have? You have the devil. I'm not playing no punches. Time is too short here in life. Things are bad out there. We need truth. I need something I can understand. What can I do with what I got? Help me understand it. Bleep, blah, bloop, blah. You didn't get it? No, you mustn't have it then. You didn't get what I was saying? You better thank Jesus what we have here, the truth. That's, right. that's what's going to set you free. Other than that stuff will keep you in bondage. It says, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. Right? In harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who live whatever way they want. Oh, that's not in there. It says who love God and are called according to his purpose for their lives. Okay? For them. Okay? So don't think it's going to work out good for you if you're living your own way as a Christian. Amen? It's not going to work out very well for you. Look what it says in verse 29. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them. He chose them to what? Become like his son. Wait a minute. 
How can I become like his son if I'm living like this over here? How could I ever become like Jesus? He chose me to become like Jesus if I'm living in my own sinful life. How could I ever become like him when it says he chose us to become like his son? So that the son would be the firstborn, Jesus the head, or be supreme above many brothers and sisters. Get it? It's not that hard to figure out. He saved us to make us like Jesus. Not like a devil. And these Christians love that message. You don't have to change. Don't worry about it. You don't have to become like Jesus. Don't you worry about it. Heaven is your home. You could live right. Who wouldn't take that off? Nothing. Who, who in their right mind wouldn't say, get out of hell free, live whatever way you want, you're going to heaven, instead of saying, I'm going to deny myself, crucify my flesh, and suffer? Who wouldn't take the other alternative if it was true? No, he says you're gonna get on the cross and die if you wanna be in my if you wanna be my kids. Oh, oh, I, I can't go to that church. I gotta to go to a church that lets me do this. What kind of music they playing this weekend? Oh, there's a smoke show over here. Let's go. Oh, you sure that's not at the Civic Center? No, it's in the church. Oh. You might as well take the cross off the building and put dunk on it. Ooh, that appeals to the flesh. Wow, look what they're doing over here. That's so nice. Where did they, what was the message? I don't know. There was no message. It was just music and dancing and rolling around. I can't wait to go back and get some more of my flesh filled. Did we get that? They illustrate it pretty good or what? Yes. I'm just being real. I don't care. I don't care what people think. The truth is the truth. Whether you want the truth, if not, then you won't come here anymore. If you want the truth to set you free, then you'll keep coming and you'll get set free. Other than that, you're going to be in bondage to the world for the rest of your life. Jesus said you'll die in your sins. Take your pick. Anyway, when we get back together again, will you read the second principle? We're out of time. But don't worry, there's more to come. Stay in the Word of God, put on the armor, and stay focused. All right, thank you for letting me share that with you. Brittany's going to come up and sing, and we are going to close. We're on page 
Come up and close us. Bow our heads, please. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this message we've gotten tonight, Father, from Pastor John. I thank you, Father, for everything you do for us each and every day. Help yes, us all to have an attitude of gratitude, Father, especially when we hit troubles and trials and tribulations, Father, because you are a God of promises. Yes, you are a God that hears our prayers. You are God that comforts us, Father. Yes, you are everything, Lord. I pray that you can work, work through each one of us to be that beacon of light, Father God. Yes, Lord. This lost and dying world yes, so Lord. we can get more people to your kingdom, Father. Yes, That's what we should all be thinking about, Father God. Forget about what this one thinks or what that one thinks or what. Everyone has opinions, Father God, but your word does it. Your word is true. Your yes, word Lord. is alive. Your word is powerful, Father. Yes, Lord. Please help us all, Father. If anyone is struggling within the sound of my voice, Father God, let them know that you are here for them. Yes, Lord. Lord. No matter what we struggle with, you have grace and mercy for each one of us, Father God. Yes, Lord. And you are a God that will hear every single and you know every single tear father god that we give and and and, and, and know lord that whatever we're going through lord you are 
idea for us, Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would help us as we depart tonight, Father God. Give us all traveling mercies, Father God. And always remember that we can always turn to you. And yes. I thank you for all that you do in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Thanks, Lori. Thanks, everybody. It was great seeing everybody. Have a great night until we meet again. God bless. Peace. Peace.